So in today's episode, I'm going to talk about the difficult conversation mindset and how you can use it to elegantly navigate situations that can normally be pretty messy. All right, so I have a confession to make. I can't stand following the herd because if I do, then the best that I can be is average. And I have zero interest in average. I want remarkable. And the only way to do that is to think different. So I'm studying game changers, trailblazers, rule breakers, awesome makers, and those crazy ones who are looking to change the world and sharing what I've learned so you can make remarkable happen in your life. My name is Dean Dwyer, and this is The Mindset Show. Hey, how are you doing? Welcome to another episode of The Mindset Show. Uh, kind of laughing as I record this because um, this episode actually was supposed to be recorded uh, uh, yesterday, and uh, something came up at the last second, so I wasn't able I wasn't able to do it, and so I realized that I was going to have to get up early this morning to do it. And for those of you who are playing along at home, you know that I'm staying at my dad's, and I don't really have a place there. I can't record when I know other people are listening. It's just. Uh, uh, I, I'm chalking it up to one of the many little uh, unique bugaboos that I have being an introvert, but I'm extremely uh, shy, for lack of a better word, about uh, about doing such things when other people are around. I don't like people hearing me, and so I needed just a quiet space. And because it's so early in the morning, I am sitting in my mother's car inside my father's garage so that I can actually record this. Everybody is still sort of sleeping right now, but I get so uh, I get so amped up for these things that uh, I, I needed to do it somewhere where I'm not going to be waking people up or people are not going to... If I feel that I'm being listened to, I get really quiet and, and I'm not... I don't have the same natural enthusiasm that I have. So... Uh, anyhow, uh, that's where we're coming from today. Listen, I want to. Uh, I'm going to jump. Uh, I'm going to jump right into today's show. I had something interesting happen earlier this week that I wanted to share with you. Um, so I was watching uh, Bill Burr. So Bill Burr's a, he's a comedian. Uh, he was on Jimmy Kimmel. Now, uh, if you're familiar with Bill Burr, he can be. Uh, I don't know the best word to describe him. Uh, he's not afraid to say what he thinks. Uh, it's not always uh, the cleanest language, but he, when he's on talk shows, you know, it's obviously clean for the most part. Anyhow, um, I, I quite like him. I like his take on things. Uh, and he was talking about something that happened to him. He was at the World Series. He was in Los Angeles um, watching uh, Boston and Los Angeles play in the, I believe, probably the final game of the World Series. And... Um, they were sitting way up in the bleachers. And, of course, you know, when you're at the ball game, one of the uh, natural pastimes is to have um, a few beers. And so I think there was four of them. They were they, And what ended up happening was one of their friends, because there were actually a lot of empty seats behind them because they were sitting so high up in the stadium, uh, the one guy, when he was finishing his beer, he was actually just reaching behind and putting it on the aisle behind him because there was nobody there was nobody sitting in the chair. Um, and so this went on for a little bit. And then there was a guy who was actually sitting in that row, but further down, who uh, was there with his wife and his child. And he wasn't too happy about that. And he made he made a stink about it. 
about the fact that they wouldn't be able to get by because there were beer cans in the aisle, which which was which is a fair you know I, that's that's a uh, that's a fair complaint I think for somebody to have. And so he and this other guy were kind of going back and forth. And Bill Burr, you know, was trying to, um, you know, to try to be the bigger person, tried to try to end, tried to use his humor to sort of uh, be able to help these guys in their uh, their little uh, row that they had uh, with no luck. The guy sort of got annoyed with them. And, and then Bill Burr was talking about the fact that as an Irishman, uh, you know, his Irish anger kind of came to the surface, but he just. You know, he just kind of held it in. Anyhow, uh, so this situation is still really tense. And then about an inning and a half later, Bill Burr is coming back um, from having a beer. Or sorry, he had gotten a beer. He was going back to his seat and the guy was still kind of glaring at him. And, uh, you know, he had this moment where he thought, you know, this is stupid. Like, like there's no, there's no reason for us to, you know, we're, we're at a baseball game. It's a, it's a fantastic environment. There's no reason for us to be engaged in this kind of hostility. And so he figured out a way, you know, he essentially went up to the guy and said, Hey, listen, I'm really sorry about that. You know, are we good? And he kind of, you know, fist bumped him. And he said, you know, uh, the guy was a little reluctant to do it, but he did. And everything was fine after that. And and as Bill Burr was telling this story, he was on Jimmy Kimmel and he was telling this story. Uh, he said, you know, I gave the guy an out. And I was I was really I was fascinated with that comment. I gave the guy an out. And I think what he meant was he, that he gave a, the guy um, two things, essentially, when, when he gave him an out. He, he first of all, gave him uh, an opportunity to solve the problem that this guy had and also save face by saying, you're right, we're wrong. And um, I was, I was, the words sort of stuck with me for the rest of the day. Like, I gave the guy an out. And then it got me thinking about something that I do quite a bit, which is sort of like you explore a concept and I think about like, what would the opposite of that look like? And I started thinking about this idea, what if I gave people an in, which got me thinking about a situation that I did uh, last month. So those of you know, um, I have been uh, staying at my father's. This is uh, almost the end of the second month. And um, I probably got about four more months. And so my challenge while I'm here is I'm in his home. So it's not my job to just come in here and continue to be who I've always been when I'm living at my place. It's like it's his home. It's his rules. It's my job to fit in to what he wants and how he does things. And I've actually I, I've done a I've done a, a, a pretty good job of that so far. Um, I think things have gone really well. Um, but I didn't want to sort of leave that to chance because I know my dad and I get along really well. Um, but, you know, over the years, you know, over our lifetime, we've, we've had a few instances and uh, Dw- <laughs> I, sorry, I'm not, I was going to generalize Dwyer's. I'm not going to generalize Dwyer's. I'll talk about me. Uh, what I tend to do is I don't say anything when something is bothering me until there's a boiling point and then it comes out in a way that I am never proud of. And I thought, I don't want this to happen again this time around, specifically with my father. Because, again, I'm in his home and I know that, you know, there's, um, there might be things that I'm doing that, that, that he doesn't like, you know, or that maybe, you know, are not quite the way he does things. And that over time, if, if he doesn't get an opportunity to, to sort of bring those things up, 
that it may escalate into something much bigger than it has to be. And I thought, what if I gave him an in to a difficult conversation? Now, I'm going to put difficult in quotations because difficult can be uh, something other than just it's it's uncomfortable. People would rather not do it. It might be embarrassing. Um, you know, there are different levels of what people might consider to be a difficult conversation. But I think for the most part, whenever we have to confront somebody about something, it's a difficult conversation, even if it's a small thing, because you never know exactly how the other person is going to react, right? We're always worried that they're either going to, they might be upset with us, um, you know, they could be angry with us. There's a whole series um, of things that can happen on their end that uh, make them react in ways that don't necessarily work out in our benefit. I have to take a drink of my coffee because my, uh, I think this is my morning voice, but uh, hang on a second here. (coughs) There you go. That's what we're talking about in the morning. Hey, that's free of charge, by the way. I do not charge for you listening to me drink coffee and then cough afterwards. Anyhow, I thought, what would, what would, uh, how can I use this idea of giving my dad an in for a difficult conversation? And so, what I ended up doing was, it's almost the end of the second month, and so I, uh, there was an opportunity. I came home one night. I'd been thinking about this idea, of give him an in, and so we were sitting down talking about something else. And I just said, "Hey, listen, um, we're almost at the end of the second month. Is there anything that I'm doing? Anything that's happening right now?" that is driving you bananas that you know that you want you want to sort of bring up um i was probably i was actually more elegant with him than i am with you right now but you know it 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 sort of fit in but i did say like you know anything that's driving you bananas and my dad kind of laughed and uh, he said well you know the only thing that uh, i can think of is that i got up this morning and there was no uh, tea bag for my tea um which, uh, if you were on my email list, I shared this story a bit earlier. So, uh, in order to um, uh, to make this transition go as smoothly as possible, I recognize that my dad gets up in the morning and he has tea every morning. And so, I'm always up before, uh, or I'm the last one to go to bed. So, before I go to bed, I make sure the kitchen's clean. And I fill up the kettle and I wash his mug and I put his mug out beside the kettle with a spoon and I put the tea bag on top so that when he gets up in the morning, it's all ready to go. Well, I, I've been doing this now for almost two months. I did not do it the, the morning that I asked him that question. And I had to laugh and I said, no, I said, you're right. I said, I've set a precedent. You cannot go backwards on a precedent. So I do believe I redeemed myself because the other morning I put out two spoons and two tea bags. Not that he's going to use to, but you know, I just wanted him to know I'm back in his good graces. But anyhow, so you know what, what I what I ended up doing was creating an in for him to have a potentially difficult conversation that might have been awkward for him to bring up otherwise. And I know, uh, again, what I'm like is that typically things reach a boiling point and then they come out and that's never the best time to deal with things that are bothering people. So what I wanted to do was just to bring up a few tips on how to go about doing this um, that you... Um, if you're interested in trying this, and I, I think that this is a great way to proactively 
I didn't say that. Did that sound funny the way I said it? Proactively uh, eliminate conflict from your life. I think th- for the most of us, we're reactive, right? Something happens and then we're trying to put out a fire. Um, but by sort of using this difficult conversation mindset, we can proactively eliminate a lot of the conflict in our life if we started doing this kind of thing or some version of this for you with the people who are closest to us in our lives. So um, there's a couple of things that I want you to think about, though, if you are, in fact, going to give this an attempt. And I think you should because I think it, it would be really powerful. I I am definitely going to start using this on a, um, I'm going to sort of ramp it up a bit and start using it more often because it really does um, make life so much more amazing when you can sort of proactively head off conflict. So here's the first thing. Timing is really important. You can't ask that question when people are really amped up emotionally, right? So um, when you pick the right moment, um, what ends up happening is again because you know people. Uh, when I say pick the right moment, you want to pick that. You want to pick a time when people it, it, they're obviously in a good mood because they are more likely. Um, the odds are skewed in your favor that they're going to be uh, calm and rational uh, when they share whatever it is that they might be sharing. And so again, it just gets the conversation off. Um, it, it's set at the at a, in the perfect sort of atmosphere. So timing is really, really important. And you're going to have to kind of you got to use your gut feel with this. Hopefully, you know people well enough to know. Hey, listen, this is a good time to do it. And when the timing is there, jump, jump on that, jump on that moment to sort of ask whatever it is you're doing. Now, I said I. I like to use um, anything that, so the question is, that's driving you bananas. That's, I like that phrase because there's something funny about that. Like there's, there's just, it just kind of makes me laugh when I think about it, but it it also sort of sets the tone for this too. It's like, it's a serious conversation without being overly serious. So that's the first thing. Timing is important. Um, The second thing is really, this might be the most important thing out of all of this. You need to be prepared to hear some things that you may not want to hear. And that's like this all like like this may all sound wonderful, but you need to remember that when you open up the opportunity, when you're giving somebody an in to have a difficult conversation, that in all likelihood they are going to say something that you may not want to have you have heard that you may not want to hear. So you've got to be prepared for that. So you need to kind of rehearse in advance, like, okay, like, like sort of what are the possibilities of things that might be said? Now, the reality is you're probably not even going to know, you know, because if you knew, you probably wouldn't be doing them. So you, again, you need to be prepared that they're going to hit you with something unexpected. Here's your job during that time is just be quiet and listen to them. It's not an opportunity to justify your behavior or defend it or rationalize it or anything like that. Just shut your mouth and listen. That's a little harsh. You just be quiet and listen to them. And I mean really listen to what they're saying. And keep in mind that especially when you first do it, it might be hard to hear some of the things that you're going to hear. Right. But but the way that I look at this stuff is that is a tremendous opportunity for you to learn something about yourself. 
So just be quiet and kind of just take it all in. And I said overwhelming and really hard initially because we're so used to defending ourselves and rationing. Well, I did this because you did this. Don't do any of that because it defeats the whole purpose of this. And then the third part is find a way to act on what they share. So just a couple of things with this. I think first of all, um, your feelings might be hurt initially when people share something, especially something that you didn't realize you were doing that that suddenly uh, makes them upset or whatever it is. We tend to also get upset or react emotionally to those things. So your feelings may be hurt initially and you're going to, uh, we all have this whole idea like don't let it bother you is always such silly advice. We're human. Things do bother us. The key to that though is recovery, is learning how to recover quickly. So give yourself whatever amount of time you need to let the emotional aspect of what they've said pass and then look for ways to eliminate whatever the situation is. So put a plan in place about how you're going to go about sort of doing, you know, approaching whatever it is that has been brought up in the future so that the outcome is a more positive outcome for both of you. And I would also suggest... Um, that you share, share your plan, like let them, like let them know. So let them know what it is you're going to do. And, and the, the great thing about that is they know they've been heard. They know that you are taking it seriously and they know that you are actively trying to do something about it. And by sharing your plan, you can ask like on future follow-ups, you can ask like, listen, is that working or do we need to modify this or is there something else that would make this better? But the more transparent you can be with what you're doing, the better off it's going to be for you. So um, let me um, sort of transition into a couple of possible applications about how you can use this. And you might recall on the last podcast, I mentioned that um, one of the, 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 the things that we do as humans is we tend to only use ideas within the context that they're taught. Now, I have to be honest, I, fa- I find that with this one, um, the applications, for me at least, seem to be more traditional. I was really sort of brainstorming, like, what are some really innovative ways? But I do think I'm going to share a couple things where I think uh, to sort of get you thinking outside how you might normally apply this. But uh, the first couple are, are fairly obvious. So the first application, if you are a business owner, um, you have a product or a service that you offer people. Um, I noticed this, I, I've been thinking about this with authors, for example, because I always, um, reviews on Amazon always fascinate me. And I always go on there to kind of see, like, what do people sort of complain about? And I thought a lot about it. And I do think that there is a way to proactively sort of address people's negativity before it actually happens. Like I always wondered, like, what if authors, you know, there's all sorts of sections in the book, you know, a preface and all those sorts of things. What if uh, offers? What if authors, there we go, English is coming back. It is my first language, trust me. Uh, What if authors proactively put something in their books where they said, listen, um, there may be things in this book that you are not happy with or that you disagree with. Um, I would love for you to reach out to me and let me know what those are. And there may be possibilities for me in future editions to update or address your concerns. Like I think if people did that, 
um, I, people might be more likely to give you a chance and to be a lot less critical. Um, now, again, that's just my theory. I've had some experience with that in the past, and I do feel that people will react accordingly if you if you kind of set the stage for that um, ahead of time. So um, imagine, again, you've got a, a business or, or you offer a, a course or something like that, that if you proactively reach out to them and just ask them, like, is there anything here that you feel is missing? Um, is there anything that you're currently struggling with that you think I could create that would help you? I Again, I believe that that goes a long way to creating goodwill. Because at the end of the day, people we're not expecting people to be perfect. Uh, what we are expecting, though, is that people are open to my concerns and listening to my concerns and attempting to do something about that. And so rather than wait for them to complain, and the complaint may come in the form of a review, and if it comes in the form of a review, it's too late. So you want to try and nip those things in the bud. So if you've got any any kind of client list, you know, think about a way of just saying, following up, saying, hey, listen, um, you know, you've been with us for a while now or you've been taking this course for, you know, X number of weeks. I would love to know what you feel is missing or something that just doesn't quite work for you and what you might like to see me be able to create. And I think that there's there's a, an amazing conversation that opens up there. And I think, again, it just it changes the way people see you because they realize like, hey, like this person cares about my experience with this. So so that's the first possible application. The second, I think is, I think is obvious, is within the the most intimate relationships that you have. Now, I do think though that there's, um, it depends obviously on on everybody's different relationships, right? Um, if you've been in a relationship for a long, long time that's not going very well, and you just sort of open that up and say, "Hey, listen, what's driving you bananas?" You might get, you know. You know, like like a list that's a hundred things long, and so you you got to kind of navigate that, you know, sort of very carefully, you know, and and again, you got to gauge the person that you're talking to. It could be you, and what you could do rather than just say, "Is there anything I'm doing that's driving you bananas?" You you may want to um, sort of create parameters for the discussion. Um, so you may want to start with something as simple as, "Hey, listen." Um, was there anything I did this week that drove you bananas? You know, something, something that frames the conversation so, you know, people are not going back. Well, remember back in 1978 when you, like, you could be setting yourself up for a whole world of hurt. Um, but if you're a parent, like, imagine if you started regularly having that kind of a conversation with your kids. With your kids, it would just dramatically change the kinds of conversations that you have um, moving forward. You know, I'm always fascinated that as teenagers, sort of early teens, there are a lot of kids that want nothing to do with their parents. And and I sometimes think that that is a result of um, previous conversations, you know, where we get very preachy, I know, do what I say, not what I do, all those sorts of things. And I, I do believe that that sets up a wall where people sort of eventually like, I, I, I can't relate, I can't connect to this person, they don't know me, they don't listen to me. I just think that we, if you were to begin to establish that with kids and just say, hey, listen, so was there anything I did this week that, 
you know, is driving you bananas. Um, you could have, you could, you could really learn some amazing things about yourself. And then, um, the third one is kind of a little bit more general. As I said, I was sort of struggling to think about other applications and I would love to know, um, you're going to have far better ideas than I will have, but just life in general, I was thinking of situations where I could use that and, you know, and it could be things like, um, if I'm in public and I'm talking on the phone, um, I'm sure you've had the experience with the loud talker, people who are on the phone and it's like they're on a bullhorn. Uh, Hey, how are you doing? And everybody can hear. Like if I recognize, uh, and I had this happen to me once where I, 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 again, I'm loud on these things. So you can imagine me on the phone. Um, you know, if I'm in a, in a public space where I'm going to be on the phone, I could proactively just say, Hey, listen, um, sorry, I'm going to be on the phone for a few minutes. Hopefully, um, sometimes I get a little amped up on these things. Just give me a sign if it's too loud and I can tone it down or whatever. I thought that was one opportunity. I think like things like when you're on an airplane, you know, not encroaching on somebody else's space, you know, you're on their armrest. Like you, there's, I think a way to have a conversation. And, uh, I like to kind of, again, sort of, sort of, encompass it within uh, sort of uh, a self-deprecating joke where I, you know, I mentioned that I'm a seat hog. And so like, listen, like if my elbow is over on your side, just let me know. But you, and and again, by doing those things, you change the dynamic with people because you, um, you lower their guard and they are a lot uh, more likely to be more accepting of some of your things when you simply take the time to, um, to let them know. I mean, that goes a long, long way. And so I want to end this episode by giving you, um, just sharing something else that I've done in the past that's worked very well uh, in an area that you might, you, might not, um, you might not have considered. And so it's in the area, you know when you meet somebody and then you forget their name? I mean, I just had this happen the other day. I met this girl. Uh, I met a friend from high school. I hadn't seen in 35 years. She was sitting with a friend of hers. She introduced me to the friend. Um, within about mm, 12 seconds, I forgot her name. and But I thought, well, you know, what are the odds I'm going to see her again? So I mentioned my mother has knee um, replacement surgery. Who is the nurse? That girl. I'm like, holy cow. I just saw you. So anyway, I, and I didn't, it's funny how you don't recognize people when they're in a different context. So it took me about 45 seconds for, I'm like, oh, hey, that's the girl I met at Starbucks. And so uh, I said, hey, you're April's friend. And she's like, yeah, you're the Starbucks guy. She didn't remember my name either. So I said, I'm so sorry. I forgot your name. So she told me. And uh, in about seven seconds, I realized I forgot it again. I'm like, what is wrong with me? Um, but, um, I, and I realized I can't, I'm not going to ask a third time. I like literally just asked you like 12 seconds ago what your name is. I can't ask it again. Uh, I did remember after her name was Lisa and I won't forget that ever again. Actually, um, something else that I do when I'm meeting people, this is completely off topic, but uh, I have an Evernote. Uh, I use the Evernote app. I have a, a notebook in there, uh, called people I met and as soon as I'm done with whatever person I've met, I write down their name as the title of the note. And then I write something down. A lot of times I meet people in my neighborhood who have dogs. So I write down their dog's name and something else they may have revealed about themselves. I just, I just met uh, a Starbucks barista um, a couple of days ago. Uh, her name was Renee. 
she's always wanted to live in Toronto, and so it's Renee and and those sorts of things. But sorry, I got off topic. Here's here's how I use this. A difficult conversation can can also be awkwardness, right? Where you've met somebody. And you don't want, um, you, you feel embarrassed that you've forgotten their name. And so we don't say anything at all. And then you go years where you're pretending you know, you know their name, but you never actually use their name. So um, I know right away when I follow up with somebody, I know right away if they don't remember me. Because they just, it's just, it's it's not normal to not use the person's name in a conversation. Um, and so when I recognize that, what I do is I give them an in is, and I don't say, Hey, did you forget my name? <laughs> Cause that's a bit of an awkward in. So what I do is I find a way to work a story in about me where I talk about myself in the third person. So as we're, whatever our conversation is, I'll be oh, like, Oh yeah, you know what? So my, my buddy was like, Hey Dean. And so I throw my name in there so that they can go, ha ha. That's his name. They don't know I'm doing it, although you will know I'm doing it. Um, they don't know I'm doing it. So essentially what I've done is I've given them an in so that they don't have to have an awkward conversation that might feel, you know, that might make them feel embarrassed. So something to think about. Uh, let your creative juices run wild about how you could use this in your life. Again, um, everybody's life is different, and so you, we all have unique circumstances, unique people that we um, that we're we're having conversations with, connecting with, sort of in, in confined spaces with. So find a way to creatively use that. So let's just do a quick summary. Um, it's the difficult conversation mindset. You want to make sure timing is super important. You want to pick a time when they're when they're in the right emotional mood to listen. You know to to give feedback. Uh, secondly, be prepared. This is the big one. Be prepared to hear some stuff that you are not prepared to hear. But think about it. It is such a great way to learn about yourself. Uh, and then the third one is act on what they share. So um, I'll I'll end the show with something that. Um, I had a university professor say once, and I I thought it was really brilliant the way he framed this. He taught this concept, which was probably the only thing that I learned in teacher's college. Um, I won't go into the whole concept now, but he taught this concept, and he said, this probably won't mean anything to you right now, but it might. But he said it will in a few years. And I never forgot that. I thought, what a great way to frame something. And I'm going to say sort of the same thing to you. This might not mean anything to you right now. Um, but it might later on in your life. And so uh, just kind of put it on the shelf. Like if, if the idea intrigues you, then um, don't feel that you need to run out today and try and implement it unless you really resonate with the idea. Like I think the earlier that you can implement something, the better it is. But if you're just not feeling it right now, but you're thinking, wow, this is a really cool idea, just file it away. File it away for now knowing that uh, it may be something that you circle back to. There'll be an opportunity six months from now or a year from now or a couple years from now. But that, you know, and when that time comes, you dust it off, you take it out, and then you start to use it. So uh, this was the difficult conversation mindset. Give people an in so you can give yourself a graceful out. So that is it for today's episode. But before you go, let me leave you with two things. First, what's the one big thing you took from this show? It could be something I said, but it could also be something completely 
completely unrelated that bubble to the surface while listening. Don't ignore your thoughts. If they clawed their way to the surface of your gray matter, then it means they're important. Acknowledge them, honor them, and act on them if possible. Second, would you consider leaving a review? If so, here's my offer. Copy your iTunes review and send it to me via email with the subject line, my iTunes review. And in return, I'm going to send you a thank you audio, which will include me reading your review out loud with my authentic real-time response of how your words have impacted me. I don't know about you, but I think that's going to be awesome. Anyhow, that's it, my friend. I have to bounce. (laughs) Listen to me trying to be one of the cool kids. Have a great rest of today. And remember, you're just one mindset away from a bigger more awesome future. I'm Dean Dwyer, and you were listening to The Mindset Show.